Hello and welcome to Coffee Lovers Radio. On last week's show, we shared our favorite recipes for the AeroPress. This week, it's all about finding your new favorite cafe. How do you go about discovering a great cafe when you are in a new place or you just need a change? We share our approaches to this fun exploration. Also, the Costa Rica is finally available. Just visit coffeeloversmag.com slash Costa Rica and grab a bag while it's still available. Hello and welcome to Coffee Lovers Radio. Joseph here with Jesse. We're a conduit. Jesse, there's something on my mind. Actually, yeah. there's something on other people's minds because people have asked me this question. Like, you moved to Georgia and... I got Georgia on my mind. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> how did you know? Um, how do I... <laughs> do you want to say something else here, buddy? How do I find a new cafe that I love? Well, let, let's say that I think I think actually a lot of people are in this situation where mm-hmm. you, you go to a cafe, it's your regular thing, um, but you maybe you hear about all these other great places or you think, well, there's got to be other interesting spots. Um, I certainly was in that spot at one point. Um, I mean, that's easy in Seattle. There's 15 times more coffee houses per 100,000 people here than anywhere else in the United States. But... So, how do you find a new cafe that you love? That's the question. Um, now, I have some thoughts on this, because I have a process that I go through when I'm exploring a new place. Like a town that you're visiting? Well, yeah, if I'm visiting a town, or like if I move to a new place and I needed to find a coffee or whatever. Right. Like, I mean, I've done this so much that it's um, automatic to me now. But uh, there are a few tips that I can give, of course. Yeah. Um, first off, I would say uh, just find the closest cafe and go there. Mm-hmm. Just to just to start going. because Even if it's a Starbucks? Um, sure. I mean, if that's what you're looking for. I mean, if you want something independent. Right. I think a lot of people are interested. In oh, there it is. It's Starbucks. Cafe. I couldn't find it. <laughs> Found it. Whew. Glad I listened to that podcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I probably should have clarified that I'm talking about the more independent cafes. The ones right, because they, they are hard to find. I mean, if you don't know the towns well and you don't know yeah. where the business districts are or where the cool hipster art university yeah. is. You don't know if, if the, the coffee house on this corner is is really amazing or it's this one that's really amazing. Right. Or maybe they both are. Or what is an amazing But it's cool because you have a blank slate. That's true. So you can actually you know, mm-hmm. make usually a fair judgment. I mean, if you're on a road trip or something and you're in middle St. Louis. and Yeah. I don't know. Um, so, actually, I mean, this this uh, this past Thanksgiving, I was in um, Madison, Wisconsin, uh, and I never explored coffee there before because the last time I was there, I didn't drink coffee, um, and so I had I wanted to find a great coffee house that I could I could uh, you know sit and enjoy the coffee and do some work. Um, I did a little bit of research actually. I asked some folks for recommendations mm-hmm. and I. Um, I actually asked um, Drew Moody. Corner of the cafe. Corner of the cafe. So I had this recommendation. I went to check this place out. But is it a great place? Is it a place that I am going to enjoy? Is the coffee great? Right. I don't know. Um, obviously, atmosphere is really easy to figure yeah, out. Yeah, that's what Walk I was going to ask. So does it feel good to you? Right. That's one of the first What's things. What are, your, what are your red flags? Walk me, through, walk me through an experience when you walk sure. into a cafe 
and things that will either you know raise a flag one way or the other as far as so things that are red flags to me uh number one is it clean that's really easy to figure out mm, sticky door handle first thing <laughs> <laughs> Not a good way to start. Um, I, I mean, there are a lot of cafes where it, there's just kind of miscellaneous dirt around, mm -hmm. where the tubs are constantly full, or the tables are. So you mean like that down. kind of like regular wear and tear sort of dirt, or? Well, no. I mean, there's the difference between regular wear and tear and like dust, right? Or um, you know, I don't know, overflowing trash can. Maybe people aren't Do as attentive. Do you care if the other customers are clean? Um. Yeah, I guess I probably do, to be honest. The baristas, for sure. Well, yeah, obviously. <laughs> Get your dreadlock uh, out of my hand, please. I, I can say this. One of my favorite cafes in the world, actually, is in Portland. Um, it's Coffee House Northwest. Uh, Sterling yep. is the coffee roaster. And one of the reasons it's one of my favorite places in the world is because their baristas dress up all fancy. And you go in and they're in, like, vests. And I'm a like sucker for really uniforms, clean. too. Like, all restaurants do it. Why yeah. can't coffee shops do it? I mean, I, I know why, but... I like, think it, I, I just, think it's a it's a level it of feels so special walking in there and their coffee's pretty amazing. Okay. Um, so atmosphere is it clean? Um, is like how's the music? Right. Like, usually there's music playing. I mean, you know that's going to cater to your preferences. Right. But the um, staff, like how loud it is, yeah, is one how thing. How loud is it? You know. Um, if you're greeted, I imagine if they like you, if they're nice to you. I am almost never greeted walking into a cafe unless it's not busy. Feel like to be you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no one likes me. Um, oh well, at least the atmosphere is nice. Uh, well, there there are times though. To be honest, there are times where I walk into a cafe. It's not that busy, and the barista behind the counter doesn't greet me. If I feel like they the see counter. it, and it's like if I feel like it's an awkward thing where they should have like I'm standing there waiting. It's like you made eye contact with me, and you still turned around to finish that muffin and the toaster, like. That's an instant for me if if it feels there, there there's there's an emotional reaction you can't avoid mm -hmm. when someone shuns you <laughs> or otherwise. Yeah. I mean that's oh. to put it bluntly, that's what's happening. That's what's happening. It kind when of is. They don't yeah. recognize you right. in their and own space. You're right, it it's happens like, at the hardware store. No. Yeah, exactly. May not but you're also that, but... Right, but there's something special about food where it feels a little bit more Yeah. You know, than like the hardware store where it's like, Yeah, you guys deserve to shun everybody. Um, I guess the other thing I might look for, uh, is there a good working space? Can I plug my computer in? Is there Wi-Fi? You know, those well, that depends on what you're looking for in That's a cafe. That's true. If I'm looking to work there. But it is disappointing if you're looking to get some work done and you're like, oh yeah, I've been meaning to go there. You know, they serve blah, blah, blah. And then you show up, even in Seattle, if it's a new cafe and you realize there's, you know, two windows. This actually seats happened to me the other day. I was like, went to a place that I, I hadn't been before. I was told the coffee was really amazing. I was like, okay, I'll go there, get an espresso and do some work. Uh, there was no Wi-Fi. There was no place to plug my computer in. Um, the espresso turned out disappointing as right. well. well <laughs> so that, that was help, yeah. that was strike three. But on the other hand, I'll go to places, and this was certainly true in undergrad when I was getting into coffee. But I didn't particularly like the coffee at the spot, but it was on my bus stop, like at the same bus stop transfer transfer point, and they had huge tables with mm -hmm. each table had its own light and everything. It was perfect study oh, spot. It was beautiful. And that I still go there. What a that. library style cafe. Yeah. Where you got those like library type tables? There's a there's the, ones around. Yeah. Okay. I just had a sudden vision of, anyways. Right. Sidebar. So we have atmosphere, you know, cleanliness. Does it feel good there? Are they welcoming? I think that's all standard. That's yeah. That's all. I think 
most of us can kind of figure that out. But I think it can become daunting with the coffee itself, right. uh, especially if you don't know exactly what you're looking for. Uh, right. But is is this a place that makes really good coffee? Do they care about the coffee? Like these are these are questions that I ask. Right. Um, and do you I, pay attention? Do you like look over the shoulder and listen to what other people are ordering? And I I will do some of that, drinks. especially if it's busy. I'll pay attention to how the baristas react. Um, I'm interested to know. I try to discern what their philosophy is with coffee. How do they think about it? How do they treat it? So I'll first look at the hoppers, of course. I'll see, you know... For the grinders. Yeah, the hoppers for the grinders, like where the coffee is sitting. Mm -hmm. uh, is it dark and oily? I'm probably yeah. not even going to... You mean the coffee itself? Or coffee the... itself, yeah. Okay, but there's, um, a, there's a dark roast coffee versus... There's true. Back to cleanliness... I think there's the overarching cleanliness that people can have. Where I'm not talking about a cleanliness issue. I'm talking right. about like a dark ro a coffee that's roasted so dark, it's oily and wet. Yeah. And you can tell that, and that's an immediate red flag to me. Um, there's also a smell, particular odor that comes with really dark coffee. Mm -hmm. That um, I mean, I can tell if it's burnt, uh, often just by the odor. Yeah. Um, so that's I mean, those are easy red flags. Um, there's a lot of there's there's a lot of really good coffee around here though. So so I think most of the time, in most like independent cafes in this area, uh, that's not the case. Which is pretty unique. Um, so I'll of course then go order a coffee, and I'll usually if it's you know again this is a new place I'll start off with an espresso. I just want to see how the baristas behave, um, how they decide to pull the shot. Are they just you know, tossing the coffee in there, doing, you know, a tamp of some kind and putting the thing in and then pulling the shot? Or are right. they meticulous in their movements? Right. Are they, uh, like... Are they drying out the portafilters before they... Right. Do know. they get the extra... And that's instant stuff, thing? yeah. They're, like, I noticed this in a cafe that I went to recently where I actually ordered two shots because the first one wasn't very good. And I was going to leave and then I saw a new barista come in. And I watched what she was doing, and I could tell this is someone who knows what she's doing with this equipment. Like there's some, like the way she was handling the portafilter and cleaning it off and making sure it was perfectly flat. Right. Um, I don't think she had a scale or anything. Like I think most cafes won't really use a scale. No, not very many do. Um, like once you, I think especially places that have one coffee. Well, if, if they take the time to dial it in and, and you're doing that all the time, you can probably be pretty accurate. That's a whole other issue, I think. That is a whole other issue. But anyway, so I could tell that she was like, but, knew what she was doing. Right. I went back and I was like, oh, yeah, that first shot was uh, sour and watery. Um, and they were like, oh, I'm sorry. Well, let, here, let's just pull you another one. And they did, and it was fantastic. Um, so anyways, so I try to pay attention to that. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know if I could write a guide to barista behavior <laughs> like observing like how to, yeah, how to, to figure out if this is a place that well it's almost like coffee. you don't notice that stuff until you've learned it yourself and yeah. learned the proper way of doing it I mean that's that's back also, to what we always say people don't understand how complicated it is yeah. to make a good especially a good shot of espresso I, I've observed thousands of operations of an espresso machine and that's how I've learned these things right just by observing the patterns right so um, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, you don't necessarily have to be trained to make the coffee, but you have to be trained to what to yeah. look for. Um, so, after ordering a coffee, I'll often also ask, "Oh, where's the coffee from?" Um, if they roast it themselves, if they get it from the roaster, why do they get it from that roaster? Um, 
do they have a kind of rotation? Do they have the same coffees? Uh, this is kind of the questions that I asked if, to figure out, you know, what, what, do they, what do they think about coffee? <clears throat> a lot of places just want to make lattes day in and day out, and that's mm -hmm. fine. And, you know, maybe that's fine for you as well. Are you instantly turned off when you order a drink that's fairly standard, like a dopio or an espresso, and they, they ask you for clarification? No, I'm not turned off, but, I mean, it's it's because it's pretty common, I think. Um, I If I see a place that has, like, dopio on the menu... Uh, that's that's. I mean, I think that's a good thing. At least they they're right. they're clarifying and they're doing the right thing. What if they looked really surprised if you didn't want flavoring in your latte? Um, that would probably be a place I wouldn't frequent, just because I don't usually do that. What if they're just barking ways to drink their coffee better that you don't want? If they're if they're ordering me how to drink their mm -hmm. coffee, then I'll probably just say, uh, "Well, no thanks," and walk out. Yep, I've had that before. <laughs> really? Yeah. Okay, wow. That was a funny experience. So, okay, it's, let's uh, let's summarize then, because because we've gone through a whole bunch here. So, yep. we've got atmosphere. You know, is it clean? Mm -hmm. Does it does it feel right? Is it welcoming? Uh, are the people who work there friendly? Is it facing west, south? Um, those typically aren't considerations for me. Those are big ones for me. I can't tell if you're being serious. They really are. Explain. Uh. Location of where their seating is and how the sunlight hits it and the comfort level as far mm -hmm. as the atmosphere goes makes a lot. If you're, if it's a beautiful day and you know it's a beautiful day and all you see is north facing, you're looking out north facing windows and you just see. Well, know, especially all, here during the winter. Yep, it's probably a Seattle perspective. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you really want to be over there in Miami on the other side of the street where everybody's sitting on the patio chairs. It happens up on Queen Anne a lot. There's the Top Hot Donuts. Uh huh. Um, and then the, the uh, Fiore coffee right across the street. Fiore's on facing south and has their big Adirondack chairs, and it's 30 degrees warmer on that side of the street. Oh, huh, It's a much more enjoyable cafe. And I don't think their coffee's any better. That's fascinating. I haven't, uh, I haven't thought about that before. Um, so then... So there's our summary, is to add more stuff. <laughs> add more stuff. Well, at, so after... Yeah, summary, add more stuff. So after the atmosphere and those things, uh, next is what is their... What do they think about coffee? Um, more than just is the coffee good because um, I mean that's a really subjective personal thing but I like to know what they think about it right if um, they are using a dark roasted beans like why are you guys using that you know and it might be and, something good and that's yeah it could be good and it could certainly be I mean there are obviously a lot of cafes that that just want to serve coffee and it's not really about the coffee it's right. about the experience or of the cafe. They're supporting there. somebody, yeah. somebody else. There's a you have you see it a lot. The um, there's a cafe. They had really dark coffee. It wasn't that exciting? And I asked them about it because you know we're wholesale and but they get it shipped up from Mexico, roasted, and it's grown by the women, roasted by the women, mm. and then shipped up to cafes directly. And I was like, oh, it's a great story. And so that's what they have stuck to. They know it's not the best coffee. They know. They can. There's amazing coffee in the world, but they really want to support this group. Is um, that Omatepe? Could be something like that because there's a. There's it's not a the name of the like, cafe, but there's there's a group like that on, uh, or at least that coffee is sold on Bainbridge, <laughs> and there's like this partnership uh, between the farm, right, and the roasters here and a number of the cafes, and they serve that coffee. Yeah, um, it's a cool model. Yeah, you know, um, and in in uh, the current issue of the magazine with um, Jack Kelly of Lodro, 
that's something that they go into hmm. is is how his like it was really fascinating talking to him. I'm going off a total tangent here, but it's a good summer. Where he he uh, he talked about um, his experience building the cafe and how it's like. I mean, it's all about the community that the cafe's in. Right. But then he started going to Origin and realized, like, I mean, it changed him as a person. And he had to tell their story. Like, once you meet people who do, like, they grow coffee and that's right. all they do, and that's what their family has done for generations, perhaps. Like you feel compelled to treat the coffee with a different sort of reverence right and their coffee got a lot better after that trip and the way he's experienced explained it because they roast their own coffee now i mean they roast their own coffee now right it's it's like they do some amazing stuff but he's the way he explained it is their uh, community just expanded like now it's not just the cafes in seattle but it's the cafes in seattle and it's all these farmers right that's the community and he actually, they actually bring farmers up sometimes to visit the, the cafes, which is really cool. Right. Um, yeah, that got off a total tangent from our <laughs> how to find a good cafe. It's like, um, yeah. So uh, I think, I'm trying to think of some good tools to use. I often will start with Google. Yeah. But I think that's really only useful word of mouth. if you're in a good area. I think word of mouth is probably the best. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you can trust the people that you're asking, you know, but it's a good way to start. I think looking for good food, you know, if it's a small place, like some of the best coffee, like really small towns, the best coffee isn't necessarily going to be a specialty coffee cafe. It very well could be a restaurant, mm-hmm. you know, that's there as part of the, the tourist community. Yeah. And, yeah. and always yeah. word of mouth. I mean, and you can always, locals tend to know their thing. Yeah. Have you found your cafe out there in, in Georgia? In Georgia? No, mm-hmm. but it's on my mind. If you're in Georgia... Check out Revelator Coffee. Revelator Coffee yep. in Georgia. All right. Well, they're all over the South. I think they're out of Birmingham. Uh, if you're in the Bay Area-ish, check out Chromatic. Yeah, there's some I mean, Aside there. from all the other options there. <laughs> Chromatic, yeah, they're supposed to be amazing. Yeah, I've heard amazing things about Chromatic, Fair. and I've yet to even try it. So. Let's see. I love doing shout-outs. Instagram are really fun when you see people traveling. Yeah. I, Actually, it's really hard not to get into random... You know, we have a lot of followers on Conduit, so it's really fun to like, yeah. see when somebody's driving across Montana and you're like, oh my gosh, you got to go to Black Coffee or, you know, mm-hmm. got to go to Cold Creek and Laramie. Or, you know. There are a lot of really cool little cafe spots and I wish I could know all of them. Well, that's what's amazing is that people do know about them at some yeah. point. There's little roasters popping up everywhere. They're all realizing they can make amazing coffee. As you're listening to this, uh, let's let's do this. Let's do this thing. Get on Instagram. And the next time you're at your favorite cafe, Instagram your favorite cafe and tag Coffee Lovers Mag and Conduit Coffee. Um, and, uh, and then we'll see you next week. You have been listening to Coffee Lovers Radio. Please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Support the producers. Check out Coffee Lovers Magazine at coffeeloversmag.com and download our app. Also, get yourself some fantastic coffee from Conduit Coffee at conduitcoffee.com. Next week on the show, Jesse shares his experience at Coffee Fest Portland.